Welcome to Daffy Blue View, your source for all things Everton. This is Jerry, uh, as usual, talking in my slightly southern accent. Uh, yeah, southern South USA, ranked as the ninth sexiest, according to uh, Who Cares Weekly, I think. Uh, the Scouse accent was uh, 20-something. I just want to throw that out there as well. Uh, <laughs> we also... We all, not that I speak remotely South USA, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> joining me as as per the usual, Terry and Max. They are they are the guys. They are here again. Um, so so gents, the two things that everyone are talking about besides Everton Football Club, because the world's talking about that, right? After a nil nil draw, uh, yeah, end game, Game of Thrones. We might just combine them and call it End Game of Thrones. Hey, hey, it's a hybrid. Uh, that's never been done before. Um, so Terry has seen End Game. He's been very careful not to spoil it for others and not to have it spoiled for himself. But also, he's about to watch the Game of Thrones episode. Max has seen the Game of Thrones episode. So Terry, talk a little bit about your procedure for avoiding spoilers on, on, on situations like this, probably the way I was with the Frasier finale, you know. Well, what I what I ideally like to do is not uh, talk about it on a podcast, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I have been nervous ever since you said we'll open up on Game of Thrones, and Max has seen it. It's like, why? Why do we need to do that? That's not going to be good. Um, yeah, I don't even. I'm. I, I'm at pains to reference the Big Bang Theory for anything because. You know, it's crap, but I am very... I'm just so glad you admit that. I'm just, <laughs> I'll just say that now. Go ahead, though. <laughs> well, I'm very much... The one thing I've took from it is uh, me and my friends have what's called the Sheldon Protocol, where basically I don't even want to know if you think something's good if I haven't seen it. I want you to... You, the, the extent of what you can say about something that I haven't seen yet and I want to see is whether you have seen it or not. I don't want to know if you think it's good, bad, indifferent. I am that that severe when it comes to spoilers i go the if it's something like endgame i'll go the the lobby of the uh, cinema in wearing headphones so no one talks and the uh, it talks about the film as they're coming out of an earlier showing and all the good stuff it's even worse with game of thrones because it's on tv and you've got to go to work and whatnot so i i've, I've got headphones in on the, the train i'm avoiding social media completely I won't go on anything that might have a thumbnail, which will spoil it. I like to go in completely. <laughs> I like to go in as if I'm the first person who's ever watched it. That's how severe I am. And I'm ne- I've never been so nervous. I'd be, I'd be less nervous at a penalty shootout in a Champions League final with Everton than I am for okay. about to speak about Game of Thrones now. Because I'm, I'm even tempted to put my fingers in my ears in case he says anything. Bearing that in mind, Max has requested to do a 45-minute uh, rant about his favorite character no, and, no. and divulging all that happens to him or <laughs> no, her no, no, or no, it. I've, I've now made you feel a bit awkward about doing that, I know. But... <laughs> <laughs> nah, Max is no. like, I'm a person with feelings. Can I not share them? I'm not going to let it go. 
actually sent me friend a message today who hadn't seen Endgame and was excited about it, but he had seen Game of Thrones and I was obviously the reverse of that. So I sent him like a picture of two people pointing a gun at each other in like a standoff going, just so we know where everyone stands, you spoil anything and I'll spoil for you. Let's just keep things nice and friendly now. That's that's how that's what we have here for these two guys right here. You know, one scene in game, one scene Game of Thrones. You know, I think it was something like eighty. What was it? Eighty-two minutes. I think it was something like the longest battle scene in TV and film history. Yeah, I, I heard that. That's that. I'm I'm so like pumped up for this. I'm like honestly, the next segments are going to be ridiculous. Colin Terry, what do you think of Palace Game? Yeah, it was good. Next. I'm going to go pretty short yeah okay I appreciate that we'll, we'll try and make it as quick as possible I don't want to deny you of the, I don't want to deprive you of the opportunity any longer you need to see it <laughs> just one of them yeah um, and if you guys spoil either one for me I'll, I'll spoil the first five chapters from of Human Bondage that I've been reading by W. Somerset Mom. Yeah. <laughs> Total nerd. Uh, I genuinely do plan on watching Endgame in the theater. I'm hoping, like I told you guys off off recording, uh, I told my kid if he if he can get to 10 juggles, 10 in the keepy-uppy, then we'll go see Endgame in the theater. Uh, and I don't think I can take my three-year-old because I don't know if he's quite ready for that experience yet but uh yeah Game of Thrones I have a lot to catch up on but because I've read all the books that are out it would still be a spoiler for me if I learned something so but I'm usually not I I do try to avoid the spoilers but I'm you I actually saw someone like straight up just posting spoilers on purpose just to be like (laughs) screw you people and his name was Terry McAllister. No, man. <laughs> There's a special like level of hell for people who do that. <laughs> Some people just want to watch the world then. I know. Just, uh, just the worst. That, that is just, honestly, who would do that? I, I did rewatch Thor Ragnarok, though, this weekend. That was a thing that happened. Yes, I did. And I loved hearing uh, Matt Damon playing Loki talking about the big bendy horns. I, I don't know. It just made me giggle. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all right. So uh, we should move on because this will devolve into random references from some of our favorite stuff, which could be great, but it's not really what the show is. Uh, so... The way this particular episode will work, we are going to start with a palace reaction. And you can be sure you're going to hear a lot of this. Okay, that's pretty much, it may just be 15 minutes of that. Uh, Just a really long that. Uh, And then we'll talk about uh, Tom Davies. It dropped recently that uh, he is going to be offered a new contract, signing a new contract. Um, So that's a thing. So we're going to talk about... Uh, his role moving forward because you know what it's actually kind of strange uh, his situation and then we're going to close with uh, timer trivia as in it's still a if you know your history because you know I think it was Max who decided to call it that and I don't want to deprive it of the name but this is sort of like a starting 11 you know it's got like a heading it's like a subheading timer trivia based if you know, know your history these guys have pen and paper ready. Uh, they don't know why. So when they have to uh, draw their their own version of, of 
Pixie Dean, you know. <laughs> no drawing as far as they know. Alright, so we are moving on to discuss Palace match. I'm gonna read off some stats. Uh, 22 shots to eight. Three on goal to none. Uh, 64% possession to 36. Ten corners versus five. It was a match, frankly, that if you just saw the stats or if you watched part of the game, you would have assumed that Everton won. Um, It didn't happen, though. Uh, So... We're going to start with, uh, you know what, last time we started with Max, we'll start with Terry this time because we don't, we don't want him to cry in the corner afterward. Uh, Terry, was this a situation where it was lack of clinical edge, lack of quality chances, or just a big hodgepodge of both? I, I don't think it was a lack of chances. I, I do think it was a lack of cutting edge. We did make some pretty good openings for ourselves especially early on in the match and Calvert-Lewin did waste a a good few like chances to really work the keeper and test the keeper he's been fantastic in recent weeks and I think you know there's some supporters who are a little bit eager to criticise him because finishing is a weakness to his game no one's denying that but I can't I can't be too you know harsh on the lad like some of the games we've played recently where we've beaten the top teams we've only done that because of his work rate has been man of the match in some of those games but in this game I think it was just a case of not having that killer instinct I know Max talks about it all the time like we, we don't seem to finish the chances we make and it's not all down to Calvert-Lewin like the other players weren't, weren't at it either you know like Bernard um, had a better game against Wambasaka than he did in the in the home game but he still Wambasaka was brilliant though Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a, he had a, he struggled again. He, he Bernard was better than he was, but he he couldn't have got much worse in that first game, and he he's really struggled against what is a very good right back. And Richarlison, I, I don't think he was unfit, but he just wasn't sharp as he's been in recent games because he'd only made a late fitness test. So our entire front three laboured quite a bit, and Sigurdsson was quite frustrated when he came off. I don't know if you noticed, like there was seemed like a few times where we got in good positions and. We just couldn't find him, and um, it was just our attack and four were just having an off day. Plenty of chances, plenty of good possession, good defensive display, good at the back, but no, no killer instinct. It was the type of game where we missed that um, Lukaku type striker that sort of, you know, scores the chances he gets. You know, in his Everton days, we 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 missed that presence to him on Saturday, and just just one of those games couldn't have done much more. Ten corners. What, what, you, you just you could have played could have played for three more hours, wouldn't have scored the way it was going. Um, I definitely noticed Sigurdsson frustrated during the match. Uh, Richarlison not getting his head up, not being able to find him across. Uh, I've seen it happen in my kids' games all the time, where my kid holds onto the ball and the kid in the middle who's like literally doing cartwheels that he's so open, and you know my kid's just holding the damn ball too long. Richarlison's doing the same stuff. Uh, just not getting his head up and being able to find. Now, part of the thing that makes Richarlison so great is the fact that there is a bit of greed there. And, and when I say greed, I, I really mean confidence. He thinks he'll be able to get around and get a shot off. Sometimes that is a very good thing. So not just straight up you know, attacking the player on that. But mm-hmm. Sigurdsson was very open more than once. 
Uh, can I yeah. ask Max one last question just to, before you get started? Um, it was very, very wind. Yeah? yeah. It was. It was very, very wind. Very, very wind. All right. And Most I, managers would have complained about that after the game. What was that? Most managers would have complained yeah, about I'm that. Glad, yeah, I'm glad we didn't. But I did see, on the whole, it was just a super sloppy game, mm. period, yeah, by both can, squads. You can, you can, and I mean, you can attest to this too. There's, there's no worse conditions to play football than, like, you know, you'd rather, rather me personally, I'd rather play in rain <laughs> than in wind. But to be fair, yeah, it didn't help us. <laughs> But if ever there was a game that proved that we need to be looking to invest in a striker in the prime, it was it was this game. Like I know it can be, it, it's been quite atypical of Everton all season, really being inconsistent. And we perform well one week, we go away, and then next thing we get beat three two by Newcastle, or you know draw get beat two nil by Fulham. Just those type of results that have really kept us from capitalising on on getting ahead of the likes of the Leicesters and the Wolves when they haven't. Picked up, but yeah, Calvert Lewin. I think he missed about three or four really chances that if you, if, you know if a, if a striker puts them away, I think the, the the rest of the attacking quadrant, as Teddy said, they should have, they would have played with a lot more confidence and assertiveness. And I'd, I said in in my match report, you know, I think it's just a consequence of giving young young players game time. You know, we've we've seen how much he's developed. This has been like a real surge in his development this phase of his career, but. Terry mentioned it, like the games against the likes of Chelsea, Arsenal, um, the, the, the Manchester United. I think how the Calvert-Lewin's benefited so well from that is that we haven't, although we may, I think we probably come away with better possession stats than opposition in those games, we've been more reactionary. I've got those stats had, here, Max. I wrote them down yeah, because I wanted to talk about the same thing. Yeah, I'd imagine he'd be stretching, and you could tell he was stretching the pitch a lot more. His hold-up play was a lot more in use. I remember that certainly in the second half of the Chelsea game it was. However, you know, as you mentioned there, it's 64% possession for us when we're really expected to dominate and and you know play a, an expansive possession-based game. And I just don't think he's got it in his utility box to play that type of striker yet to be in a team that is expected to dominate. So. Um, personally, I think you can you can criticise Marco Silva a little bit for the substitutions. I think the substitution came far too late. I think Luckman only had six minutes yeah. when, to me personally, after the doubts about Richarlison, he should have really started the game. And Cheng Tosin, given how many chances Calvert-Lewin messed up with, I think Cheng Tosin should have been on from for my half-time or so, really. Mm. And um, that, that little uh, that back heel flip that's, with his back to goal. That's pretty sweet. That's it. Uh, that's a Puskas Award winner if that goes in, but it's one of those days, of course, we had the, we had the, we had the bar two times. And, yeah. you know, although, although this is kind of focused more on the fact that oh, it's two points dropped and we weren't really at the races, it was another dominant performance. And from the, if you look at positives, another clean sheet, I think Pickford's what, that like, I think ahead of him, just behind. Allison and Larice, it might be in terms of clean sheets mm. this season. So, you know, a re- another good defensive showing from the lads. And um, Crystal Palace are a really hard team for us to come against. I said it in the preview. You know, I, I never really fancy our chances when it comes to playing Crystal Palace because they seem to perform really well off the ball, and and that was the case. Um, as you mentioned about Sigurdsson, I don't think he was being involved as such, or he wasn't being found with that final ball. However. I think that's down to a lot more emphasis being on the wing play. Because as you say about Richarlison, although 
yeah, he was caught in possession at the time. I think his his um, combination play with Coleman's improved drastically over the last couple of weeks, and that game in particular, there were some really good examples of them being able to find each other. So with that improving, you know, maybe we'd miss out just playing in the in the middle a bit more. But it is what it is. Um, after that result, I don't think we're on course for finishing seventh. But you know, it's just finishing the season off now, isn't it? And there the are positives <clears> to take. Yeah, um, as we said, 64% possession for us. Uh, versus United, uh, we had 48% possession. Mm. Versus Fulham, we had 59%. Versus Arsenal, we had 43%. Versus West Ham, we had 51%, which is sort of an outlier. Uh, Chelsea, we had 33%. Newcastle, we had 55%. Uh the games in the only game in which we won and had more possession was West Ham. Mm. I mean, that's a trend. It's really hard. And 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 just to be completely fair, I went back a little bit more against Cardiff. We also had more possession, but let's be honest, Cardiff looked bad that day. So um, yeah. <clears throat> and West Ham didn't look great when we played them either. Um, but uh, it's something to consider, and I keep wondering. What I what I'm starting to see is when uh, on on Twitter and this is something I, I addressed a little bit last time when we were talking about our match preview. Uh, being able to break down these teams that that sit back a little bit more when we have more possession, um, it's just uh, yeah, it's tough. And I don't know if it has to do with that as much or if it has to do with just a sloppy game with the elements. Because I mean. Windy games are shit to play in. Um, and you saw it affect several times where a ball is going to go out of bounds and, a, and the, the wind just says, nope. Uh, the yeah. ball drastically changes direction. Uh, yeah, it, that happened. Uh, but it's, it's one of those things. Both teams had to deal with that, though. You know, both teams had to deal with the elements. So I don't, I don't want to sit there and say it was sloppy just because of that. But... Are we having trouble breaking some of these kind of teams down? I mean, it's hard to it's it's really hard to deny the numbers on that, you know. I think it's just a sort of lack of cutting edge and killer instinct with across the whole team. Like you could have Aguero up front, but if you know, I don't want to pick on him. But if Seamus Coleman's going to smash across like two yards behind him, then what's he going to do? Like the whole team just we're not making the most of some of the chances okay but there were some good ones which you know Paul Lewin did squander but I don't know I I think it's not down to one position I think it's harsh to suggest that it's just a new striker will fix all of it it will it'll solve some of the problems but you also need as a team to get more accustomed to taking your chances and making more of, you know, the opportunities you get. Because we've always got in the, you pointed out those games where we've got more possession. We've got lots of good possession and we, you know, good, you know, spells in the opposition final third. But if we against Arsenal, we could have scored five goals. I was petrified that we were going to, you know, concede after wasting so many chances. We just, the only game we've actually been clinical in was the Man United game. And we just need to get more used to being like that and making those chances count because it's been a lot of games this year where we've um, squandered chance after chance after chance and it's not specific to one player. It just seems to be something that the squads are learning. And to be honest, we've got, you know, getting a fair amount of young players in the team. It's something they'll learn the more they play, like Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, 
you know, to name just two. Yeah. Uh, I still think uh, teams that possess the ball more, we have more chances to press more and just disrupt them in places where they don't want to be disrupted. Uh, play against yeah. those teams that don't possess as much. They have their defense set more. We're not able to press as much. And it's not as effective. We don't catch them with their pants down as much. Um, I Additionally, I think Sigurdsson as a player, his pressing helps a lot. But it also I think he's a better player with more space. I think at some point we're going to have to consider uh, a player being able to come in for him in certain games uh, more like a, a quick, skilled, pass master type of player that can help us penetrate defenses a little bit more in terms of packed defenses. I just feel like we need those type of players. And we have some of them on the wings. We do. Yeah. But I think we need uh, one or two through the middle. I think that's something that's just going to help us uh, in games like this where we're kind of stymied. Um, you get to that point, you just need to throw another option out there. Something that gives you a different look. So, yeah, I don't know. And possibly, I mean, I know we've kind of we've become fixated. We've got quite a fixed position now in that we like to keep Bernard and Dean on that mm -hmm. left and Coleman and Richarlison on the right. But I feel like in order to prog progress the team, I think you need to you know start dropping the wide players possibly in the hole to just to see what they mm -hmm. can do. For example, for example, Luchman, for example, Bernard. Just to you know, spice it up a little bit, and see, check out their capabilities in, in in different kind of more fluid formations, which I, I'd, I'd imagine would only save us better going forward. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I think uh, a lot of this also is going to have to do, as usual. We're not going to see a whole lot of answers at the moment. I think our answers are going to come in the summer in some form. So, yeah. All right. Um, Anything else on this one, guys? I mean, uh, I feel like we've covered a lot of the talking points. Nope. No. Pretty much everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay to be done with this one. Just a really sloppy yeah. game. It was just really unsatisfying to, to watch us, you know, squander, be a little wasteful here and there. Uh, yeah, and just watch so many passes go like three to five yards off. That that's just agitating to watch when you know for a fact we're mm. not normally like that. So mm -hmm. anyway, all right, but it's over. Looking forward to Burnley this Friday. Friday game. That's the thing that's happening. All right, guys. So uh, we're gonna move on. Talk about Tom Davis in our next segment. Uh, new contract coming? Question mark. Possibly yes. And what's he like moving forward? Uh, it's a good question. Gentlemen, uh, we need to talk about Tom Davies, right? The big fan, love Tom, always love Tom. I uh, think he's a smart player. Uh, it's the again, it was the first kid we got. My kid, my six-year-old, Tom Davies, had to do it. All right. Um, news broke recently that he's being given offered a new contract until 2023. His current contract apparently runs until. 2022 so i guess it's a little bit of news <laughs> it's one year longer i reckon that's the thing um apparently this in the same report uh it said that silva turned down uh tom davies possible loan move to celtic in january 
um, apparently. So clearly, Silva deems him important. It, 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 every time, Silva speaks highly of Tom Davies. All right? Um, so here's the, here's the issue that I'm having with him. What are we going to do with him moving forward? Okay? Because for a while there, he was coming in for Gomez. All right? He was coming in for Gomez, a little bit farther, sitting farther back. Uh, now, he's been coming in for Sigurdsson late. All right? More in a more advanced role, which I think we've all discussed as being something that's a good spot for him for the most yeah, part. Right? I've, I've been a huge advocate of that for a long time. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so the, the question is, uh, he, but he's been coming in when we have a lead, usually, you know, not in, he's not coming in to try to get us goals. He's usually coming in to kind of stave off a bit, you know, add a little extra pressing pressure, add a, another smart head in the middle to try to hold on to the ball, keep the other team at bay, right? That's usually what he's coming in for. And he's not, he's not, you know, I mentioned in the last video about a, this uh, a center attacking mid coming in for Sigurdsson late in games if we, if we need a different look, someone to unlock a defense. But D Tom Davis is not that guy. So it's strange. Is his role going to continue moving forward as just, like, to spell Sigurdsson when we're ahead? Uh, I, don't, I, don't I don't really know what we're going to do with him. Or is he going to go back uh, to, play, to com coming in for Gomez? So... Let's start with Max, and let's just... I'm brainstorming here because I don't fully know the answers, okay? I, pay, I think it's dependent on the summer transfer activity, really. I think he just mm. kind of fell victim to the, the pecking order of the central midfielders, really, now. Because, you know, in, in an ideal world, you've got Andre Gomez and Adrissa Garnagay there, and you've kind of got the ambigu ambiguity over the both of their futures, whether Gomez is going to become a permanent, whether Gay is going to leave... Um, and then if you look at who, you know, because he's been coming off the bench, it's more more or not likely been because Schneidlin's been starting, and that's been, mm -hmm. you know, obviously, you know, Marco Silva's said been working harder in training. However, as I said, like he was, he's all, he's always one of the first players. Kind of, if if we're organising a, you know, a shipping list, if we want to get someone off the wage bill, like he's always in the discussion after mm -hmm. his, you know, his dip in form last season, Schneidlin. Although I personally. Wouldn't wouldn't like to see him leave, but like, you know, if it frees if it frees up the wage bill, then that's what that is. But um, yeah, and of course, Gilfie Sigerson is, you know, he's not really of that ilk of a of a playmaking midfielder, is he? I just I think he's a really interesting case study to look at. Really, I think if you look at last season, Everton last season when we kind of lost all set all kind of piece of identity that we had, where we kind of got no playing like specific playing style or anything like that having a local lad there I think is hugely important and I think although Koeman he kind of got his big break wasn't it and obviously based on that scene with the, the fantastic goal against Manchester City um, I was having a quick look at his, his league appearances over the, the past couple of years 2016-17 24 league appearances 33 the season after that and then this season only 16 league appearances, so you can say he's stunted, and I'd say that is because of who we've got in as central midfielders mm -hmm. now. Um, and that's no fault of his own, he's still only 20 years of old. You think he'd be 21 in like June or something, so he's, he's still really young. Um, and he, he, of course, with him being a local lad, he's subject to 
um, debate among a lot of supporters. However, as I said, I feel like it's really important to have him in there. Um, and although he hasn't possibly developed on the pitch as much as we'd like to this season, he certainly, I think he's reached a new level in terms of his influence in the dressing room, of course, by you know being one of the <clears throat> so far this season. And I know that was thrown at Marco Silva in his press conference today, whether that's going to be, you know, with the ambiguity over Leighton Baines and Phil Jagielka, whether Davies will end up with the armband. I still, I still do think that's a, a long way into the future. Mm. But I don't know, if you, you look back at all the kind of great Premier League sides, I think they've always had a, a local lad there to anchor them. You know, you look over the park, Gerrard and Carragher at Liverpool, um, I know they didn't come through the, um, I know Lampard didn't come through the Chelsea Academy, but Lampard and Terry at Chelsea. So just players like that, Neville and Scholes, class of 92, you've got plenty of examples at Manchester United. But um, I think it is very important to have a local lad there. And although the the, the one-year extension is a bit odd, I think to have a you know an English prospect down for another year, you know, it's always a positive. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I know when I first saw that Silva was coming in, I did the research on on his style and his system. Uh, he always liked to run, you know, Decore and Capu, and then he would have that third central mid a Cleverly or a Will Hughes. And I thought, that's a pretty good role for Tom Davis, to play that Cleverly Will Hughes role. Because I don't think he has as much in common with Decore or Capu in terms of the way their style of play. Just not yeah. much. It is more that that third you know, role that would slip back into a three when they're, on, when they're defending. You know? Uh, but <clears throat> it, things are a little different now. Uh, in terms of who we're, I mean, we have Sigurdsson, and Sigurdsson is almost a, a, an immediate, one of the first names on the team sheet for, uh, for Silva, it seems. So uh, that's, my, that's my curiosity, if it's going to get to a point where we give Tom the occasional start moving forward instead of Gilfie, uh, because, you know, but, I mean, it's not like Gilfie's super old or anything. So, I mean, he's got some time where he can continue starting like that, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's his future at Everton is going to be more in that advanced role. That's what it seems like, anyway. Terry, how are you feeling about all this, man? Well, I was I like Tom Davis. I'm, I'm on record as saying I'm a big you know Tom Davis fan. I think he's a good player. I think you know he tries you know different things. Doesn't always come off as as people will be quick to tell you. But um, it did surprise me when I read the. Um, when I read the sort of tweets that, that he was going to get a new contract because he already had one that was pretty long term. He was already locked in place, so it wasn't like he was in a, a player who we were, you know, worried about losing at some point. So the, the, that to me suggests that the new contract is sort of um, I don't know an indicator of a, of a of an improved sort of increased status within the squad going forward. So never in any danger of being sold. Which is what um, Max touched on with the, you know, the ambiguity over the other central midfielders at the club. All four of the other central midfielders have got different question marks over them. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Tom seemed to be the only one who was, you know, concrete, and he's not going anywhere and, and whatnot. But I'm really confused as to what we're going to do with them, you know, with regards to his development, because I do not understand why we said no to a loan to Celtic because. We had all four of the other players fit 
uh, the other midfielders. So we had Gomez, Gay. We'd already knocked back a deal for Gay, and we had apparently deals lined up for Gay if um, he went. Uh, alternative players lined up. So we had McCarthy, Schneiderlin, Gomez, and Gay all in place and all fit. So and Tom Davies will not improve and not get any better if he's just going to get five minutes, ten minutes in, in games for us. And you know we, we've kept him around. I think we much like with Mason Holgate. I think we would have benefited more going forward with him actually getting half a season out playing regularly. I don't know why we said no to that because quite clearly when a injury or suspension came up later in the season, Schneiderlin played. So when Gomez went out, Tom Davies didn't even come in then. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is an indicator of yeah, this is a, that that's a short term thing uh, to get this season out the way. And next season, Tom, you know, we're going to start playing with more 4-3-3 in certain games and you're going to be part of that. Or we see you as part of the leadership group, like Max said. I, I don't know. I, don't, I, just, I just don't get it. I, I was, I'm, very, I'm happy for them to do it. I think it's well mm-hmm. within keeping with Marcel Brands' sort of model that he's mentioned, um, build around young players, try and develop young players, especially ones from the academy. I think Tom is a player who can get better, but he's not going to get better if we're not going to play him. Look how much further Calvert-Lewin has come on by playing more regularly and how much more he's improved. And Tom Davies is much like Adam Ola-Luckman. He can only get you know little snippets here and there. And it's not doing any good for him. So I wonder whether the new contract came with a sort of you know, behind the office door conversation going, yeah, Tom, you've, you've got to sit tight this season because we've not got the players in place to play the way we want to play with you. But we'll have that next season. So you're going to be part of a middle three with a proper number six. And Yeah. You know, and, uh, I mean, it, it, or it could just be, yeah, Tom, we're going to um, get rid of Schneiderlin and McCarthy and probably Gay's going to go as well. So you're going to get more games regardless. We're going to bring in two midfielders, but you'll be the senior guy because you'll have been here the longest. Who knows? I just... I don't think we're in a luxurious enough position from next season, given that we're going to buy new players to loan, to loan Tom out next season. We might need someone who's we know is you know tried and trusted in the league in case any of those players don't work out. But this season, I just do not understand why we didn't let him go to Celtic and get some game time under his belt. Because I will guarantee Mason Holgate is a much better player for having that loan at West Brom, and I think Tom needs that loan as well, that time out. It did wonders for Luckman as well for his confidence. He did well at RB Leipzig. I, it's a strange one. You can see why they done it, but I can also not understand why they didn't do other things. I mean, uh, there is that other option that you alluded to, to there, Terry. I, I, the possibility of the backroom conversation where they've said, okay, well, tell you what, we're going to give you a vote of confidence that we want you to be a part of of Everton moving forward, so we're going to extend your contract a little bit, but we don't think you're going to play much next season. And so mm-hmm. it was maybe it's one of those things where they say, hey, uh, possibly go on loan next season to one of those mid, mid-level, lower-tier Premier League clubs uh, to possibly yeah. get more time and then come back the next season. Because if he's not going to play much, maybe they're thinking, let's figure out a way to get the kid more minutes, but still show, still show him, give him, show confidence in him. I don't think we'll have that luxury next next time out with uh, you know the amount of higher player recycling <clears throat> we're going to do. We could bring in, say, we bring in Gomez and another midfielder. 
there's no guarantee that other midfielder is, you know, a, a hit. You know, you, you could end up with, yeah. you know, it's letting Schneiderlin and McCarthy go, let's say, and then you, you, you've not, you've let Tom Davies go on loan as well, and then you're stuck with two midfielders and one flop. It, it can happen. It's a Tom Davies, I think, will be more valuable next season given the business we want to do than he is now. So that's why I just don't understand why they didn't let him go out mm. on loan when everyone else was fit and he wasn't going to be the first choice to come in if there was a suspension or an injury, as we saw. Mm. Yeah, and g- given the fact that you know he's been at the club since he's a kid, I, I don't really see the benefit of taking someone who's, you know, he's rooted in the club. Obviously, there's been a lot of you know turbulence in terms of ins and outs. I don't see. I don't really see the benefits. Other than you know, he, of course, he, he developed playing more football, but I don't see the benefits of taking him out the fray. For example, you know, if Teddy said that we do bring new players in, and they don't, you know, they don't hit the ground running, you know, you better you better with a tried and tested player like Davies, aren't you? Really? It depends on um, on where they consider his actual position. Yeah, personally, I, I I think it depends on the midfield system that you're yeah. going to say uh, that you're going to play. I mean, as you said there, I think he'd be. You know, benefit a lot more from playing in a three, and obviously Silver's mindset on playing. You know, the holding two, and give, with, the, with the exception of Adrissa Gay, I don't see uh, you know a real ample partner there for for Davies because I don't think they would be quick enough to provide cover to the back four. Um, <clears throat> hence why yeah, I think you've seen him slot in more in in Gilfie's role in recent weeks. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think he has the physicality. To be like a, because Gomez is a big guy. He may not be overly physical or whatever, but he uses that big frame often. And then you look in the past, he's used Decore, Capu. I think the only reason Adrissa Gay does as well as he does in this system is because he's freaking physical and quick. Like, he's a bo- just a ball of yeah. muscle. So that's the thing. I think a lot of this depends on is he Gilfie's backup right now or. Is he interchangeable with McCarthy and Schneiderlin? Because I right now I just don't I'm not sold on the fact that Marco sees him in that group based on the recent substitutions that have happened. So if we bring in another like backup for Gilfi, you know, or if Vlasic stays for some reason, which I don't see happening, but it's just a possibility. If that's the case, then what what comes of time? I just think it's a weird situation, the whole thing all the way around. Like I don't, I genuinely it don't is. know what's going to happen with him <clears throat> next season. It is, but as you say, there's a lot of you know plans out, mm-hmm. so you might just have to buy this time. Yeah, I think he will play. I don't. I mean, someone who's already on a long contract, I don't think signs a new one, uh, or even gets offered a new one unless they want to play him. Like, where if if you didn't want him and you were just going to, it's not even like they're just signing him up to protect the assets and get a fee for him. He was locked yeah. down anyway. But they they will have increased his salary as well. So they obviously have given him this as a sort of, you know, token of increased status at the club um, and in the squad. It it could just be, yeah, next season, you know, McCarthy and Schneiderlin are going to go and we're going to bring in a sitting number six like I wanted and you're going to be part of, you're going to understudy, you're going to come in and out throughout the season because, you know... You, you need energy across um, the Christmas fixtures, and you, you know you get injuries, and you're going to be much more active when I'm not playing four two three one. I'm playing four three three. It it could be anything, but one thing I will say is he he will play. He will play more next season because what would be the point in giving a player on a long contract an improved contract just to, to have him carry on not? Yeah, especially under Bronze, who has been functioning in a very logical manner 
not one of those things where here's this player who hasn't played much lately. Let's let's give him a three-year deal just because. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's not something that Bron- I don't really see Bronze doing a whole lot of. Uh, it could be. Uh, you mentioned something I, uh, that we haven't really talked about as much: the idea of bringing in a bigger, more physical player to play the Drusaga type of role. And that way, you've got the physical frame there, and then Davies could be a backup for Gomez, if we're assuming Gomez is back. And if that's the case, he doesn't have to be. He can actually just be a smart passing player that has a decent amount of energy. You know what I mean? So that way, you're still getting the same combination of traits as you have now with Gomez and Idris Gay. So, uh, I, I, don't, I really don't know. I, I, and this is that's why I thought it was a really good topic for a segment, just because nobody's got the answers to this. Yeah, I think it's just one of them. Time will tell. Play it right back. Mm. It's happened before. It's been done. <laughs> Yeah. All, right. <laughs> All right, guys. Anything else on this? I mean, it's uh, again, it's one of those where we can sit there and come up with scenarios, uh, lots of them, about what's going to happen with Tom. Thing is, I'll go ahead and tell you, I, I want to figure out a way to, for him to play because I just think he's just a sound kid. He just seems awesome. It's like that is a role model for my kid right there. I hope my kid yeah. it has that good of an attitude and is that at peace with the world. You know what I mean? How he's just so fucking he's just so cool. You know what I mean? Like I I will never be that cool and he's like 21 or so. That's just unfair. <laughs> and he's just he's just so grounded about being a Premier League player. You know, like they're like do you have any advice for for kids that want to do it? He's like, hey, just have fun." <laughs> he doesn't do some like over pretentious like footballer thing where he's like oh you really you really got to do this and this and this and this he's just like nah just have fun go your hair long wear some crazy shit yeah (laughs) just ah just so relaxed and chill anyway he's probably the least neurotic person i've ever seen (laughs) and me being one of the most I, i i know what i'm talking about um, so guys, I guess it's enough for uh, Tom Davies' new co- contract question mark. So according to Max's phone, this is an update. All right, Max's phone has just told him and he has told us Davies has officially signed the contract. So that thing we were talking about happening, question mark, I said question mark? No, Davies' new contract, exclamation point now. All right, it's till, till June 2023, as was surmised. So yeah, uh... Terry, are you still still a little confused? No, I'm happy. I'm interested to see what uh, what we do. Terry's no longer confused. He's happy now. Uh, Max, how are yeah. you feeling? Cool. Let's roll. All right. I I agree. Good kid. I just I hope what Terry said earlier happens. He plays more. I'd love to see him get more time and improve. All right. Usually, what Terry says happens. So, universe, pay attention. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for If You Know Your History, Everton-based quiz segment that pits Terry against Max in a Toffee's cage match of wit and might. I screwed that up somewhere, but who gives a shit? All right, so uh, here's the deal, guys. This is a new thing. It's new. Terry and Max don't know what's coming. It's it's not as complicated as they think it is, I assure you. Uh, so... Um, 
They'll be joining the Pin 15 Club where they have to write Pin 15 on their hand. And they're not buying it. Because when you do that as a middle schooler, you realize someone has gotten you to write penis on your hand. So there you go. Uh, so, so uh, guys, this is a simple thing. You'll have two minutes, two minutes to write down what I tell you to write down. Okay? Um, you'll be going for a certain number. All right? As in, like, whoever gets the higher number. Okay? So I'll give you the category in just a little bit, and then you have to just roll. All right? Um, and really, that's it. We don't have to worry about flipping a, a, a GoPro stand or a memory card or anything. It doesn't matter who goes first because you go at the same time. You know? Second. second. <laughs> Terry's still going second, which may <laughs> not go too well in a timed event. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so gents, uh, we will be starting the clock after... I say the category, and it should be simple enough. I shouldn't need to repeat the category, okay? Mm -hmm. I have no idea what's going to happen during the two minutes. I suppose if I'm stupid enough, we'll leave that on the air, all right? But if not, we'll probably fast forward, all right? So, uh, and, it, and I'm probably going to be super annoying, guys, while you're writing stuff down. That's, that's my business. That's what I do. All right, so here is the category. I would like for you two gentlemen to write down with your writing utensil and a piece of paper as many players that have played for Everton in the Premier League as possible. As many players that have played in the Premier League, Everton players. And timer starts now. Ba -da 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 So it is, it is, is it this, it is it this portion where the gentlemen are writing down their answers? I am certain that, uh, now they're, given they're all doing their best, I'm secretly hoping that they accidentally write my name down. Let's see that happen. It's probably a good idea that Max put his headphones down so that he doesn't have to hear me. I tend to, the sound of my voice tends to get to the core and, uh, you know, let's just annoy people. That's, that's what it does, makes them, makes them not able to think. And finally, I just got that uh, message about Tom Davies, too. Hey, just a decade late there. And uh, we are nearly out of time, gentlemen. If you'll give it five, four, three, two, one. And if you can stop right now. Ah, 
Terry just gave the Diamond Dallas yeah. Page signal. Are we done? That's what that was. <laughs> are we done? Yes, we are. Are we, I, I turned you off when you started being annoying. I, I, t- well, I told you that was going to happen. All right. Yeah, <laughs> What's really funny, Max, just... I actually said my voice tends to get in people's brain and, and just be annoying. And <laughs> so perfect <clears throat> choice of words. All right. So, gentlemen, if you can uh, count your names, first of all. Yeah, give me, I pre- give me a preliminary count. Yeah, I, I, I've counted mine. Do you want it now? Of course you have. <laughs> Terry, what's your count? 25. 25. 29. 29 from Max. So we are going to uh, go ahead and say them out loud. Uh, Max, if you could mark yours off as you say ones that Terry, as Terry says, some that are on your list, that would be fantastic. Terry, uh, you may begin. Okay. Howard? Yeah. Hibbert? Yeah. Osman? Yeah. Arteta? Yeah. Cahill? Yeah. Lukaku? Yeah. Naismith? No. Go on. Ferguson? Yeah. Bernard? No. Dean? No. Jagielka. No, funnily enough. <laughs> Distan. No. Baines. Yeah. Neville. Yeah. Lescott. No. Rooney. No. Pickford. No. Classan. No. Dickinson. No. <laughs> Ganner. No, I've done none of the current squad. Davies. <laughs> no. Gibson. No. Saha. Saha, no. I've not done Saha. Yakubu. Yeah, I've done Yakubu. And Calvert Lewin. Okay. So, 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 Max, do you have actual like Everton players on your list? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I do. I do. I've, I've just, I've weird. I just went into the archives. Just proper went into the archives. Jesus Christ, you encyclopedic. What? Right. Do, do, do you want me to? I've done. Yeah. Them sh- say the ones that Terry didn't say. Right. Simon Davies. Remember him? Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. Ross Barkley, John Stones, Delafeu, Marcus Bent, Andy Johnson, Stephen Pienaar, Jan Mucha, Gareth Barry, Aruna Kone, Antolin Alcaraz, Nuno Valente, uh, Johnny Heitinger, Joseph Yobo, um, James Vaughan, Daniel Cadamatri, Barry Horn. Holgate Fellaini. Wow. So, Max, I got to be honest. The first thing I would have done is probably go to the recent squad, and you, yeah, you turned that on its head. I'm like, Max, are you showing off? <laughs> I just, I just expect with these quizzes, it always it requires some kind of digging into the cognitive ability. So I just kind of backtrack before I do anything else. Wow. And I go to me, I go to me beloved 2009 days. <laughs> just kind of get a few of them off the list first. Uh, were there any? Does any either one of you guys have any doubts about any of those players? Where you were like, oh, I wasn't sure if they were Premier League era or not, or are you pretty certain all of them are Premier League era? They all sounded like it to me, but no, they they're all pretty safely Premier League. Mine especially, I stay pretty recent. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, timer trivia. Max, Max is Edwin by four names, okay? Um, this is actually one of those where 
I maybe could have competed a little bit on this one just because of recent years. Um, so, uh, Max, you have, you have won this round. You've won this round, Trebek. Uh, so, yeah, uh, what, uh, what are you thinking about in terms of the music we're going to close to? Uh, I have mixed it up. I've got everything going on here on me on my iTunes. Uh, everything from being Johnny Cash to Bob Marley. Uh, oh, actually, I'll go for Fluctuate by Catfish in the Bottom, and they've just brought a new album out called The Balance, and it's the shit. Okay. I might go. I might go and see them laugh, but I don't know where. Yeah. Catfish in the Bottleman. Yeah, fluctuate. Fluctuate. Well, I am familiar with them now because it, it it plays on American radio, but not fluctuate. So yeah, I'll have to listen to that. So I'm like I'm hip and cool before all the other kids know about it. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, as we as we listen to oh fluctuate my catfish in the bottom oh yeah why why Max besides the why? fact that it's tune it's the new album came out the other day and I, I, I was surprised like I knew they had a new one coming out but it just kind of I just I decided to stick one of the singles from the albums on them because I've got Apple Music like it just started playing the rest of the album when I didn't expect it to mm-hmm. so it was very pleasantly surprised by that and I think at the minute you know the way you just have phases I think this is my favorite song off the album at the minute fluctuates a pretty good song nice right on yeah uh all right well there's a little bit of uh, a little tease from Max on this new uh, Catfish on the Bottom tune uh as we as we listen to this it's time to end Copy Blues podcast we sincerely appreciate you listening uh, please uh, subscribe to the Top of Blues podcast. Rate it if you can. Leave a kind review if you, if you were so inclined. We, yeah, that'd be cool, you know. Uh, if you uh, also, or you're like, you know, I want to know what these guys look like, you know, good luck to you. But also check us out on the, on YouTube, uh, the Top of Blues YouTube channel. Uh, just recently hit 1,600 subscribers, so some people like it. Just saying, so you can check that out there. Uh, if you want more Terry. Uh, goodness knows we all do. Uh, check out Terry on the <laughs> on Liverpool Echo Fan Jury, but also uh, check him out. He's holding a hugathon on the streets. Just anytime, make it happen. Uh, check out Twitter. He'll tell you when and where he's going to be there for all that stuff. Uh, Max, check him out. Uh, you know he's on the Toffee Blues website often. So uh, look at his Twitter. Tell he'll tell you where to go. That's not a threat either. Uh, so <laughs> I realized that after I said that. Uh, so keep an eye on that, which is cool. Uh, go to the Toppy Blues website just for all things Everton, all kinds of uh, you know Everton analysis on there. Um, a lot of work's been put into it, so check it if you like. And uh, follow the Toppy Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And that is all. I have no more, no more plugging. Uh, yeah, gentlemen, Terry, thanks a lot, man. Good to see you. Always a pleasure, guys. Max, digging your digging your Barca gear as as per usual. Thank you, champions of Spain again. Enjoy Game of Thrones, Teddy. Oh, I will. <laughs> Fingers crossed, Barca plays great this week. This week. Yeah. yeah, I'll be watching. All right. So uh, for everybody uh, from Top of Blues, much love to you out there. And we'll see you next time, or or you'll hear us next time. How about that? All right. Bye. Oh!